LL Flooring offers over 400 floors in both the latest styles and timeless looks. From hardwood and laminate to waterproof flooring, there's a floor for any style and every budget. Visit the experts at your local store or go to llflooring.com forward slash pro. These are the floors homes are built on. We're going to talk about wood flooring this morning. George Seltrick is with us. He's the president of Whitewood Products. And George, it's good to have you back with us. Thank you, Dave. Good to see you too. Now, what prompted this conversation? You had sent out an email about your trip to High Point, the High Point furniture market. And I was curious as to your mission. It seemed like you were scoping out trends in wood, basically, obviously, wood furniture at High Point. Is that something that you've done on a continuing basis? Yeah, I uh, I make an annual trip to High Point uh, because I recognize that the furniture industry is a little bit more invested in color and design than uh, the flooring industry. And so the trend setting is done there. Um, and it was, uh, they broke, it's interesting this year because of COVID, they broke it into three separate uh, weekends of meetings. And the, the weekend I was allowed was basically this past weekend. And I go, you know, I don't look at the floors because the floors don't tell you anything. No, they don't invest in floors. They're busy investing in uh, the wall paints to make sure all the pieces they put in the room look good. Uh Uh, And it always gives me an idea of where we're going. Uh, And I'll say last year, I noticed every, there was more whites um, and there was a much more of a mixing of different statements. Like I'll say that there was a Louis the 14th room, but the big table in the room had a lot of naughty oak in it and it, it, it was, and, and they had, they had whitewashed it. So it was interesting how they were blending pieces, but, uh, this year on a nice sunny Saturday, uh, it wasn't that crowded. And uh, there were some people not showing, but the message was clear as a bell that uh, what my wife informed me is known as mid-century modern is the new look. And mid-century modern uh, means that the appearance is clean with simple lines. Uh, I even actually, when I was looking it up, they say honest use of materials, but I'm not quite sure how they mean that but i think they're just saying that you're not making something look like something else uh and it doesn't include decorative embellishments and just based on that and seeing what i saw and i really saw you know i like to see a couple of things that define the moment for me and and last year like i said it was this white rustic looking table in a louis the 14th room uh, this year, it was a live song walnut table with uh, hand-trimmed edges and a, and a bronze, what's called a butterfly. When the wood's cracking open, you put a butterfly in it to keep it together. Mm-hmm. A, a bronze butterfly in it to keep it together. And uh, as I said, live edge, and it was on clearance. <laughs> and that was like, there's the moment. <laughs> the, here it comes, because... Yeah. Uh, as we're walking through all this from, from kind of the base grade guys to the real high end designers, it was all uniformly mid-century modern focus, um, golds and silvers, uh, furniture is getting really small. 
and being six foot four, that was a little bit awkward. Yeah. Um, mid-century but, modern know, is a is is a curious title, isn't it? Uh, well, mid-century modern was a, it's a term from the eighties, and it basically design design uh, describes American design from the forties through the sixties, and you know there, there's two ways. If, if you want to cheat at describing it, you could say, oh, it's Scandinavian, um, but it's not. It is an American look. Now, they're borrowing some things from, from Scandinavia, but it is an American look. Uh, or the other one that, that everybody will recognize if you, if you really look at it um, is Mad Men. Or if you look at like Frank Sinatra's home in Palm Springs, that one always kind of stuck out of me. And I look at it, they, I think it was up for sale not too long ago. And I was looking at it, I was like, oh, wow, that is mid, that's what that was called oh. as mid-century modern. Um, so clean lines, simple, uh, smaller furniture, um, just different from where we were coming from, you know, five to seven years ago. I see. Where wood was being celebrated for its natural character and the intricacies of it. Now it's they want clean. I see. Um, historically, have looks that one would see, new looks one would see at High Point carried through onto the floor covering, you know, the, the wood floor covering arena. And are we going to see mid-century modern in flooring soon? Yes, you will. I, and I've already started to see it in my uh, specification requests. How it's going to translate into wood flooring is, A, uh, it's not like wood is being ruled out as a product. It's still very much alive. It, it I guess it's kind of part of that honest use of materials. Uh, but what is going to happen is the, uh, the grades are going to become cleaner. Uh, instead of knotty wood, they're going to prefer, uh, you know, as a, in the higher end, as I call it, clear and better. Uh, rift woods, which I, I've been doing a lot of just rift only stuff lately. Um, so that's where it's going, Get, getting away. Now, that's not to say things like reclaim still won't be popular because they will be popular because that's, you know, mid-century modern doesn't arrest uh, uh surpass the green wave. The green wave is here and that's not going to change. Um, so reclaimed is still going to be real, but you'll see instead of like that heavy painted gray floors that were so popular four years ago, mm -hmm. you're going to see whitewashes. And I think you'll see like coffee browns come back for stains. Interesting. Well, I was going to ask you what has been happening in, in the wood flooring business. And, and I guess I also need to connect that with base grade and, and higher end, which I suspect, uh, you know, are not, are not the same in, in a lot of ways. No, I, I, th I think they are. I think uh, the, 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 where I think you're going to see the change. Let me, let me start there is I think on the LVT versus wood thing, what I'm seeing, and this is just my opinion about this without anything other than just kind of reading articles and looking at stuff that the plastic substitutes are going to continue to get clarity as plastic substitutes and paper thin veneers are still going to be perceived as thin values even if somebody finally glues a piece of wood to a piece of steel if it's paper thin it's still paper thin the the, the real drivers of value of wood are length and thickness and that doesn't change um 
and I think at the the lower end of the wood business, um, you know, the the unfinished guys are going to be doing a lot more um, select grade again, as opposed to looking for one common or two common and stuff or or mixes or blends like that. Um, they're, they're just the the face appearance of the wood's going to pick up a little bit, and then they'll see changes in the colors. I don't think they'll be doing as much grays. Um, and I think they'll be going back into the, again, coffee colors and, and things like that. And, and even if you have a, a knotty floor, uh, I think putting a dark stain on it will be perfectly acceptable way to still be mid-century modern, if that's what you're shooting for. People who buy LVT with a wood look, they just want the look and they don't really care if it's wood or not wood. To them, is that is that pretty? I mean, that would seem logical. Is that true? I think it's it's uh, budgetary first, and then uh, it's. I mean, listen, it's a tremendous performance-wise product, and uh, and it visually it's very attractive. Uh, but I think everybody's kind of gotten over the fact that it's not going to be replacing wood. And again, you know, the fav the favorite analogy everybody uses is it's not going to see. LVT throughout the house, it's kind of, you know, wooden ceramic throughout the house still have meaning. Well, um, what, what have been the most popular species in wood? And, I, and, and I'm wondering if that's, you know, there's engineered and there's solid, and is that the same? Well, engineered and solid still have their places. Um, Although as the boards got wider, engineered took more of the market share for uh, technical reasons. Um, but I think there will be a shift in species with, with this getting kind of back to an American thing. Uh, I think the one lesson that the industry should learn is that the, Europe cuts their trees differently and they do what's called live sawn and we do what is called plain sawn. And, you know, no matter what you do with a wood floor, we're still kind of a close cousin of a two by four. So you can't, you know, my favorite analogy is wood is less manufacturing and more like slaughtering. You're only going to get so much of what you want from the cow. Uh, you can't just dream up what you need. Um, and, and because of that, uh, and Europe cutting their cow differently, they, what they brought is this taste for live sawn. And, and a live sawn is basically, it's got what's called a cathedral center and a rift and quartered side. And, and it's really attractive. There, there's no disputing that it's just better looking than what we usually do. And I think even as we're drifting back to, it doesn't have to be European oak or the marketing term French oak or German oak or whatever, um, that that look still has value. And, and you're seeing more and more companies uh, doing live sawn floors because they recognize that that's here to stay. There, there's value in that appearance. Is that um, growing in the United States? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's been here for a while. And, and I think what's going to happen is it will transition from being a European oak thing to uh, an American red oak and white oak thing. And I think, too, with the, this cleanliness of appearance with mid-century modern, I think you'll see maple will come back again um, because it's such a clean wood. And I think, the therefore, the hickory and pecan market is going to slow down a bit. And by the way, I did say pecan. 
I know everybody in Texas disagrees with me. <laughs> well, I know everybody in Georgia, where where I am, <laughs> right. disagrees with you. Your neighbors don't like that. <laughs> and that's, that's pecan pie is, is basically the way you hear it. And the pie is pronounced that way as well. Yes. Um, LVT versus engineered. What What's happening there? I mean, is LVT still taking share? Uh, no, I, I think that it's the dust is settled and that the it's becoming more clarified and that now you're seeing in the LVT side, as I watch from a distance that uh, technical innovation is now kind of driving that part of the business who can come up with the best platform underneath it. But, you know, again, it gets back to the value of wood is in thickness and length and uh, paper thin tops on a PVC chassis isn't, it is still a thin value. Um, so I, I don't really see it shifting much more that way. It's still, it's still a budget driven issue. I see the sand and finish guys, you had mentioned them earlier. What's happening there is, I mean, it seems to me as just a novice that that's been shrinking over time. Is, is, is that true? And is it shrinking now? Yeah. Uh, actually they're, they're busy right now. And, um, the reason why they're busy is actually the whole wood industry is busy right now. The mills are back ordered. Um, the custom high end is really healthy and it has to do with a lot from this. Uh, it, it was good. And it suddenly, you know, just in the last couple of months got noticeably better, like crazy better. Um, and I think what's driving that is the people that were leaving the cities, uh, and resettling or reinvesting in their vacation homes, they've upgraded them because they're saying, okay, I'm going to spend time here and I'm going to make this a nicer place. And so the, the, the contractors in the really wealthy markets like Cape Cod are extremely busy updating small vacation homes into big vacation homes. Um, and I think there's a lot of money being sunk into the second house at, on the high end of the market. But uh, I'll point out as uh, one of the gentlemen from Gensler that was interviewed earlier this week uh, pointed out cities are still economic hubs and there's no getting around it. So anybody who's planning on the collapse of New York uh, has missed the picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, a lot of the big taxpayer types are leaving and I guess that's not a good sign. Well, like I said, they're going to their vacation homes and fixing them up. But I, I think business will necessitate that they go back uh, uh -huh. to the city for maybe not five days a week, but uh, still being going back. And I, the analogy I heard was uh, big corporations, instead of having four floors in downtown Manhattan, they'll have one floor and then they'll put three satellite offices for meetings, uh, in, you know, New Jersey, Westchester County. Uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, and I guess. Go, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I, I think there, there, that kind of makes sense. So you're going to get some. There's going to be remodeling done there. Yeah. Um, and but I, I think this kind of stutter step that COVID kicked into the economy, right now, you know, wood is hot. The, the mills are back ordered, and I think this is part of what's driving it as we kind of reset how we approach. Are how we live. 
we are seeing somewhat of a housing boom, I guess. And yeah. they, they tell me a lot of people moving out of the city because I guess of Zoom and other things brought on by COVID. Yeah, listen, I'm not, that's not my area of expertise, but I, I just saw an article about CEOs are not happy about Zoom. They want people back in offices talking to each other. Um, so I, I, I think we'll end up somewhere, not where we were, but to the, the better side of telecommuting. I but see. but I still I still think there's, you know, and the, the thing about markets is if suddenly New York is cheap, it's going to get flooded because it's New York. And, yeah. you know, downtown Philly's cheap. It's going to get flooded because it's all there. Yeah, I don't know that I can ever see downtown Philadelphia and cheap being used in the same sense. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, less expensive. <laughs> well, and I guess they tell me that millennials are buying homes, but they 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 want them out in the suburbs or at least away from the downtown. And I suspect that's happening and will continue to happen. Yeah, I you know kind of like the boomers. When you have kids, being in the city is not quite as enjoyable. Yeah, that doesn't but really work. Suddenly, more a little bit more affordable just that part of the population may elect to stay there. I've got you. Now we had talked about changing trends in the wood flooring business. Talk about that over, over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years. What's, how, how has that taken place and what do you expect? Well, I guess you've answered what you expect to see, but talk about the, the changes that we've seen up to this point. Well, I think if you look back 20 years ago, uh, the, you know, as my old boss used to say, she said, you know, it's not just now having a wood floor, it's having something other than red oak. And that became the cry. And then with that, suddenly the Brazilian species arrived and you could do fun things with, uh, you know, exotic species. And then the Chinese producers arrived and suddenly the, the price structure changed and made it difficult on U.S. manufacturing. Um, and that's still a bit of the picture. I, I think uh, I, this is my two cents, but I think Trump has kind of called out the, the unfair playing ground that, that uh, communist China basically dictates to make their international mm -hmm. trade happen. And um, so I actually think just recognizing that as a reality, as opposed to saying it's all, you know, it's all above board and fair um, because still nobody can explain how we ship logs to overseas and they bring them back for less than a guy who doesn't have to invest that kind of money into it can do. Um, so I, I think, but that kind of calling that out will is, is a boost to American manufacturing for the wood flooring side. Um, I think that what that kind of triggers. And I, I think the other thing that's going to trigger a, a big surge in the economies, A, being a little bit less reliant on foreign manufacturers for, for some things we shouldn't have been letting them manufacture. That was discovered in COVID. Uh, the second thing is, I think, as the dust settles on COVID, we've recognized what a wreck our healthcare system is. And I think just by correcting those two, you find so much GDP available for spending on things that we weren't, you know, not spending them on healthcare and, uh, not outsourcing it, that there's going to be a lot of found money. Uh, 
and then everybody's going to kind of get a boost. And I think that's going to be a big driver uh, independent of presidencies that it's such a structural shift in the overall U.S. economy. I think it's going to be pretty good for 10 years. That's my two cents. <laughs> See, well, it's, 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 it's certainly worth more than two cents. Um, do you see changes brought about by, by COVID in, in the wood sector being permanent? Or are there, are there changes that you see being permanent? Uh, no, not, nothing specific to that other than uh, it, it triggering a reinvestment in the housing market. Um, it's, uh, well, so I guess you could say, yeah, there, there's kind of a, an unexpected reinvestment in housing. Um, and I think people, you know, I was thinking about it this morning. So, you know, why are we spending money on the second home? Because I think what's happening, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but it's weird when you're around people, you know, a lot of us don't wear masks. When it's somebody you don't know, the mask comes on. And, and I think the same thing applies that you'll go to your vacation house and you'll be in the community there not wearing your mask and not being as strict about the rules. Um, where if you were just traveling randomly, uh, you would be wearing your mask more. So I think there's going to be a comfort level of you might have just two orbits now as opposed to one orbit and a lot of travel. Um, you'll have two orbits. That second orbit's going to have a little bit more time in it, and that's why they're reinvesting in the homes. I've got you. George, talk about the pluses and minuses of low-end wood and NLBT. You know, what are the goods and bads? Yeah, I, I, you, well, I, I'm pretty firm on if you have a paper thin top wood product, you probably should get LVT because I just think the performance is better. Um, because it, it, it's wood, it's masquerading as, as a, a wood floor, but it's not really designed for that long term life of the house promise that wood's supposed to have. And so I think that, you know, I think, as you know, I'm a big believer, consumers aren't dumb and they, they do this calculation in their head and you can't fool them. Uh, they see it as a plastic substitute, but a very good value, high performing substitute for a thin piece of wood. And you can, you know, they can, everybody can sit and say, oh, it's, you know, you walk on the finish, not the wood. Well, yeah, until you drag a furniture or piece of furniture over it, mm -hmm. then, all, then all of a sudden you're not looking at a piece of wood. Yeah. Well, I, I suspect a lot of LVT, wood look LVT, goes into places that probably real wood would not go. So maybe yeah, it's expanding yes. the, the market. Absolutely. There, there, are, there are performance traits to that product that wood will never have. Yeah. Um, do you think the way consumers look at wood has changed over the years? I mean, is it still, you know, high end in people's eyes? Yes, I, I think wood and ceramic are, and stone are still, you know, if you can have it, you get it. Um, because there is just still that emotional attraction to it. There's the, the proven track record that it lasts, you know. Somebody was uh, one of my friends was showing me a house we're quoting it was built in 1850 still has the original pine floors wow so uh that's wood you know and that's and people recognize that and when you walk in the museum of modern art 
or the natural history and you're walking in, um, I think it was uh, Alexander Hamilton's room or James Madison's old home, wood floors in it. And it's the wood floors that were in that house when it was built. Mm-hmm. Um, the castles in Europe still have the wood floors down. Um, oh. yeah. And you can't, that that's a wooden ceramic stone thing. That's not something man-made. What's happening with waterproof wood? I can remember at one treasure, I don't remember what show it was, asking people about it. And it seems like that's an area in, in the wood sector where maybe fistfights might break, break out. Is that anywhere near true? <laughs> yeah, I, I, as wood is naturally hygroscopic, which means it releases and takes on water. So if you've, you've encased it in a piece of plastic, then... Uh, I, Okay, so you've done that, but are you encasing a thick piece of wood in plastic? Because thick pieces of wood don't like to be encased in anything. They they need to breathe. Um, so I don't see the point of it. I, I mean, it's like saying, oh, look, I put truck tires on my Ferrari. Well, uh, okay, <laughs> you know, have fun. I can look at A retail salesperson out there, and I guess... I, I would imagine a, a lot of people that go into a floor covering store perhaps are looking for wood and are shown LVT with wood look and maybe shift over to that. What if you were a salesman on a retail sales floor, how would you sell either of those products? If somebody want, wanted wood and maybe saw LVT or you wanted to show them, how do you, how do you sell that? And, and what, what advice could you give salespeople? Uh, you know, as you know, I was a flooring retailer, well, hardwood flooring retailer. And so I, I've uh, rubbed a lot of elbows with the customers and I, I got a pretty good, this is where I learned how smart they were. And I, and I think again, that LVT becomes an option where, budget is also in play. And I, I think there's just no getting around that. It's, it becomes a budgetary choice. And I think they're smart enough to say, okay, I know I want wood, but the wood I want costs X, but I can get this beautiful piece of LVT for Y. And if I'm a sales, as a salesman, I think you just have to be, you're either doing one of two things. You're playing defensive ball and you're switching it to LVT because you're afraid a wood guy might have a better deal and you're going to lose the customer. I, I didn't like selling like that. I don't think that's how you do it. Or in your conversation with the customers, you establish the rapport. You get a feel for what they're looking for. They, they'll As they start to tell you, you'll know the better determination of, you know, I got a house full of kids and dogs, and, and uh, this is our first house. And, you know, we'd like to live on this, this section of town, but we're not there yet. And they're probably a good candidate for LVT. I see. So, I mean, I would expect that most most salespeople go with what the customer wants. I mean, I don't think they're going to stand their ground, or, oh, well, you really need wood, or that they should, you know, sell wood aggressively. Right. I think the smart ones just, you know, you, you always want to get them what they're looking for. You just want to help educate them through the process. Yeah. Um, but, but it's not really that hard at our end. And, um it was it was interesting. Uh, one of the other interviews you guys did was with uh, a gentleman. Last name was Beaver, talking about brands in the industry, 
And uh, I, I thought it was interesting. You could almost hear the frustration as he was explaining that the brands don't have meaning. It always gets back down to price. And I, and I think that that's one of the challenges of our industry is that people aren't investing in the conf, gaining the confidence of the customer. And they're just trying to have a better number. And, you know, why would you ever give them a square foot price on something unless they're buying it as a contractor so they know what their calculations are? Yeah. It, it, they don't write a check. You don't write checks in square feet. You write checks for total amounts. And that the industry is in such a panic. Some people are in such a panic to throw a number out there is, is crazy. So, and by the way, we had about a 95% closing rate on our retail business. So did, did you really? Yeah. And we never gave out square foot prices. It, it, it was irrelevant. Every house is different and every sale was different. I had a flood here several, several years ago and I had to replace all the wood, wood floor here. And my wife had been a floor covering retailer, so she, she could get the product. We just weren't sure what we wanted. I went to a, a local store here just to, just to scope out some of the various um, samples that they had. The guy, I, I walk in the door and I say, hey, you know, I'm looking for wood. And he, he, he takes me to the cheapest thing in the store. Right, right. They're out of business by now, I, you know, I, I should say. But I thought that was... I've talked about that with a lot of retailers, but it's never happened to me before. Right. And I guess that, that happens quite a good deal. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that like the best selling car in the U S right now is a Tesla and Teslas are not cheap, but yet we always bring people to, or the industry tends to bring them to the least expensive version of things. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that really plagues our industry. Sorry about that. Um, what are your thoughts? Last, last question. What are your thoughts on what's happening or what will be happening? If, if we're talking eight years down the road, eight or 10 years down the road, what do you think the situation is going to be like in the wood flooring business, both engineered and solid? I think it'll be similar to how it is now other than uh, the colors. You know, are you are you staying? Are we back to naturals? Are we 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 staying with brown stains and and I think whitewashes and whites will have run the gamut, and are knots going to come back or not? We'll see. I'm not. Uh, that's why I walked the furniture mark because I'm not yeah. good at determining that part of it. Uh, I let the experts uh, lead the way on trends. That that's interesting, George. I really appreciate you spending some time with us. It's very interesting and a you know, a very interesting segment of the of, of the flooring business. I, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure, Dave. We've been talking with George Seltrick. He is the president of Whitewood Products, and this is Talk Floor TV.